Good morning. It's good to see you. A very warm welcome to you who are in the building and a really warm welcome to those watching us online. It is good to be together worshipping God. One of the strange things I am finding about this time is people are now sitting in different seats. Are you sitting uncomfortably? <laughs> We're people of habits, aren't we? But maybe being in a different seat, we may also see God differently. We might see God in a different dimension as we focus in on what God is wanting to be and say to us today. And we praise God together. The psalmist says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Our first hymn is that great hymn, the modern hymn that's become a standard that recognises that our hope is only found in Jesus Christ, in Christ alone. And Lord, we come into your presence this morning and we want to declare again, in Christ alone, our hope is found. And Lord, as we come to you, we again bring ourselves in humility into your presence. And we thank you, Lord, that you are a forgiving God. But at this time, we want to confess to you, at times we've got things wrong. We've said things we shouldn't have done. We've done things we shouldn't have done. But we thank you that you are a forgiving, a loving, and a God who redeems us. And so, Lord, as we today receive again your forgiveness, help us also to forgive ourselves. And Lord, as we come to worship, in the midst of a difficult time in the world, we thank you that you, we can depend on you to be never changing, yet ever new. And Lord, we worship you because this I believe. I want to wish all the fathers here a very happy Father's Day. I hope you've been spoiled already. And those who are grandfathers, happy Grandfather's Day. Or happy Double Father's Day, or whatever you want to call us grandfathers. But uh, I hope you have a really good day. Do you know, one of the most precious things is knowing that God is our Heavenly Father. Some people don't have the blessing of knowing an earthly father, or their experience of an earthly father has not been a good experience. And a lot of pain is in that remembering of fathers. And so to you today who are in that situation where the whole image of a father is not a good thing, we pray for you. We're sorry that that's happened to you, but we pray for you. But I want to tell you that there is a father who has adopted you. A father who believes you're very, very special. A father who's chosen you. And that's our God, our Heavenly Father. And right now, I want you to know that that father is watching over you and surrounding you with absolute love. And you know, we bring God's people to God's care through prayer, don't we? And I, Ian, I'm picking on you now because you're sat right in the middle there. <laughs> but you and Hillary asked us for prayer. Would you like to come out and share the story? Would that be okay? Yeah. You see, this is where, what it means when you're in a different seat. <laughs> We're going to use the handheld mic. Okay. And just share where we've got to. We would really like to thank you all so much for the prayers that you've given for 
our grandson Jesse and his mum Rachel. Um, the, the birth wasn't easy. When uh, Jesse was delivered, uh, Rachel had a postpartum hemorrhage and had to have 11 units of blood and various blood products and then was taken off to a theatre to have a, an emergency hysterectomy. So the, the whole situation was quite tough. And then um, things were moving on quite nicely and um, Jesse came home. Hilary and I went up to see him uh, for a few days. Two days after, he got meningitis. Uh, we don't know where the meningitis has come from, but still, uh, fortunately, because Rachel is um, a health visitor, she was very um, aware of the situation and, and the symptoms, so she got him to hospital, and they managed to start to treat him straight away. So really, um, up till next weekend, he would have been in for three weeks, which is the course of treatment that they want to give him. Um, and he's, he's doing really, really well. He's putting on weight and everything. Um, and for the last two days, he's come home for a few hours. So both of our daughters went up to see him yesterday so that they could meet their nephew. Uh, so that's where we are. Um, we did have a, a little bit of a, a setback on Thursday, and Hillary immediately got on the train to go up to Coventry so she could be with our son and uh, our granddaughter. But that, that's all sorted. But um, Rachel is putting out a bulletin and thanking everybody uh, for their prayers and for the way that they're backing them up. So, you know, it's just great to be surrounded by love and to have, feel the support of all our brothers and sisters. Thank you so much. The psalm that I began the service with continues with these words. I say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the foulest snare, from the deathly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. That is our God who even in times of trouble will be protecting us. That is our God. And he loves each and every person in this room this morning. He, he cares so much for you. He died for you. And he's with you right now. Our next song asks the question, who is there like you? There is no one like our God. And Lord, we thank you for the healing so far in the life of Jesse. And Lord, we pray that he who began a good work in Jesse will carry it on to completion. Lord, we pray for the whole family right now. But we thank you, because who is there like you? Lord, we would hate not to have a God who we can come to. So today, Lord, we praise your name. Amen. Please do sit down, and uh, Haley's going to take catch us up with what's happening. Good morning, everybody. Just a couple of pieces of information. If you are part of the Wednesdays at RBC, it is our last session this Wednesday at 7.45. So please do join on for that final session. If you are a church member, you will see we have a church members meeting on the 30th of June at 7.45. There is enough space within the church to um, socially distance. And um, if you're unable to attend for 
whatever reason, there will be a Zoom link and you will also, it's the election of deacons, there will be the ability to um, vote online. All of those technical issues are just kind of being resolved at the moment. So, but just to let you know, we would love to see people here in the church building because we have got the ability to social distance. And the names of people who are elected for deacons are Bernd Shorter, JJ Jiwa Majikundi, Sarah Johnson, Esther Awalo, and Shade Lawani. And also, if you go onto the website, you'll see there is a link on there where you can listen to some information about nominees. Um, obviously, particularly over this last year, church life has been very different. We've not had our normal chatting to people, even at normal activities or even during Sunday services after coffee and stuff like that. So please do um, log on to that and have a listen. I had a listen on Friday, so please do log on to that. And then finally, despite what's on the notice sheet, despite what you may have been emailed, we're actually going to continue our Sunday evening services online only. I know on the notice sheet it says we're going to start in person next week, but the decision was taken yesterday. We're going to continue online only. At the moment, the practicalities of getting all the different teams in place to enable everything to be COVID safe was getting a little bit too difficult. So online evening services only at 6 p.m. Please ignore everything that's on the notice sheet about evening services being in person from next week. We're going to be online only. Thank you. Thank you, Hayley. And just uh, another correction from what Hayley said and what's on the notice sheet. It's not going to be a Zoom link. There's going to be another feed, but you'll get all the information. It's technical, but it's, there's those who will say, it said Zoom, so I'm doing nothing else but Zoom. <laughs> Let's give thanks. We thank God for everybody who has been given to the church faithfully through the offerings, through those who put stuff into the boxes as they come into church, use the card machine to make a pay, automatic payment, do it online, through the website, through bank backs and going straight into the bank and the many other ways that people give to the church's ministry. Let's come to God in thanks. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for all the gifts that you have given us. And Lord, we pray that you will take our gifts and that you will use them for your love to be reached out to these people around us, the community. And Lord, as we particularly pray for those who need help, we pray for the two people who particularly needed help at this building this week, who found themselves in really difficult times. Lord, bless them, we pray, and may they be getting the help they need today. We bring our prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. At this point in the service, the children who have booked for Creative Church can go out to Creative Church. If you make your way through that door. If you haven't booked, I'm afraid it's full um, for COVID reasons. But if there is any children left in the church, uh, Matt, there are some packs in the hallway. Could you just bring them in? And then he'll bring a few in. And if you want one for your child... If you wave, that's for children only, not for the adults who want to fall asleep. I'm sorry, Lynn. <laughs> I can see how disappointed you are. <laughs> okay. We pray they have a great time out there in Creative Church. We come to our prayers of intercession. There are many who need a touch from God. But there is also the importance of bringing God's world and the state of our world to God in, God in prayer. So at this moment we pray for our world. Lord, As we declared at the beginning of this service, in Christ alone, our hope is found. Lord, the needs of this world, the needs of a world 
that is broken can only be found in Christ. Lord, we pray for your world. Lord, as the G7 made commitments on the environment, we pray, Lord, that difference will be made, that your creation will be cared for. And Lord, as we pray about your creation, we pray for our part in your creation and the decisions we make with the resources we have. Lord, we pray for the summit that happened between Russia and America this week. Lord, we pray that these are steps towards a more peaceful world. Lord, we pray for those in countries who are hardest hit by poverty. And Lord, as we have a partnership with Pete and Louise Lynch in Bangladesh, we particularly pray for that nation. We thank you, Lord, for Pete and Louise. And Lord, we pray you will protect them in their ministry and keep them safe. Lord, we pray for our link missionaries who reach out into a country in Eastern Asia, training to do dental work through the university. Lord, be with them as they continue to do that remotely. Lord, we pray for our community here in Romford and in Havering. Lord, as many are still fearful because of the virus and the virus is still affecting so many lives and so many ways of being, we do continue to pray for an end to this pandemic. Lord, we thank you for everybody who is working and volunteering even today to put injections into people's arms for the vaccine. Lord, we pray that you will continue to bring around this new way of being once the vaccines have been administered. We continue to pray for all those in government, be that locally, regionally or nationally. And Lord, we pray for wisdom for them. We pray, Lord, that they will have wisdom as to what to do, when to do it. Lord, we have a list of names on our notice sheet for those who need a touch from you. And Lord, we pray for them, for Lillian, for Don and Daphne, for Brian, for Eddie, for Joyce, for Maureen, for Pauline and Ken, for Evelyn, for Utunda, Annette, Aris, Anne, Lord, we've prayed already for Jesse, but we bring him again to you, Lord. We pray for those, Lord, who are suffering um, a sense of real pain and hurt after bereavements. Lord, we pray particularly for Barbara and Julie and Nikki and the families. And Lord, in this quiet moment, we also bring to you those people who are continually going through difficult times but don't necessarily want it to be public. Lord, we bring you our prayers on this Father's Day as we pray the prayer Jesus taught his disciples to pray to his heavenly Father. Our Father, 
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our next song, which we will listen to in the church, you can sing if you're at home, talks about Jesus being the hope of the nations. With us this morning, it's lovely to have you with us. Caroline and Samuel are going to bring our word this morning. I will be reading Exodus chapter 20, verse 1 to 21. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children from the sin of the parents to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless for whom he misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is the Sabbath day to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honour your father and your mother so that you, you may live long in the land and the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbour. You shall not covet your neighbour's house, you shall not covet your neighbour's wife or his male or female servant his ox or his donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. When the people saw the thunder and the lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed a distance and said to Moses, speak to yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. The people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. I will be reading from Luke 9, chapter 28 to 36. About eight days after Jesus said this, he went up on a mountain to pray. He took Peter, John, and James with him. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed. His clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in shining glory. Jesus and two of them talked together. They spoke about his coming death. 
he was going to die soon in Jerusalem. Peter and his companions had become very sleepy. But just then, they became completely awake. So they saw Jesus' glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving him, Peter spoke up. Master, he said to him, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters. One will be for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He didn't really know what he was saying. While Jesus was speaking, a cloud appeared. It surrounded them. The disciples were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud. It said, this is my son, and I have chosen him. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept quiet about this. They didn't tell anyone at, at that time what they had seen. This is the word of the Lord. Praise God. Thank you so much, Caroline and Samuel, for bringing God's word to us this morning. Two very different chapters, passages, but two chapters or two passages that we will be very familiar with. And today we're continuing our series on hope. That series of wanting, hoping for things to change for the better. That's what we hope for, isn't it? We want things to change. We want to see things go from this to going to that for the better. We've been looking at a few different ways of hope over the last few weeks, and today we're looking at hope in quiet. Now, I don't know about you, whether you have your go-to verse if you are wanting a verse to encourage you, to make you feel and to remind you of the hope that we can have. Maybe Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23 is one of those verses. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Or maybe it will be Isaiah 40, 31. Someone sent me that this week. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. All of us probably have our own sense of Bible verse or a passage that we turn to, to encourage us, to remind us of the hope that we have. And psychologists too recognize this central importance of hope. Barbara Fredrickson, in her book, Positivity, describes hope like this. Deep within the core of hope is the belief that things can change. No matter how awful or uncertain they are at the moment, things can turn out better. Possibilities exist. Hope sustains you, she says. It keeps you from collapsing into despair. It motivates you to tap into your own capabilities and inventiveness to turn things around. It inspires you to plan for a better future. And for many of us, as we've walked through all these COVID months and months that we've had, we've hoped that things will get better, haven't we? And they are getting better. But as I thought about our focus today, hope in quiet, I was reminded of just how hard it is to be quiet, to be still, to stop, to simply be. How many of us have heard sermons on this again and again and again, the need to be quiet. And if we've got the kind of personality that we, that kind of is a driven personality, is a, is a personality that means we're naturally busy, we're always striving, we can't just go with the flow. We and those kinds of personality types will find it so much harder 
to simply be quiet. So I'm hoping today, using the letters of hope, H, O, P and E, that we can be reminded again of how we can hope in God in the quiet. So H. H is for how are you? How are we? How are we doing? But even that very question is a question that many of us just simply aren't a fan of asking. We're uncomfortable to think about how we're feeling because we're too busy doing to even think about how we are feeling. For others of us, perhaps we do think about how we're feeling because we've woken up that morning and another bit of us seems to be hurting more than it was the day before. And actually, the pain we might be experiencing or the situation we may be in is all-encompassing. And actually, we can't even think about how anyone else may be feeling because it's just too bad ourselves. And then, of course, there's others. And we're so focused on what we may be facing or having to juggle that actually we don't have time to even think about how we are feeling because we are too busy doing Whoever we are, whatever we are feeling, whatever we're going through, God doesn't want us to be so busy, so self-focused, so driven that we're not able to ask ourselves that question, how are we to allow ourselves to talk to God in the quiet, to just stop? Just pause. In the passage that Samuel read, we saw a passage that many of us are familiar with. And if we think about Jesus' life, we recognize he was a very busy man. Whether he was healing or teaching or sharing parables or doing miracles, he was busy. But we know full well that he always found time to withdraw into the mountains or away from the crowd or just to be quiet with God. And that's what was happening here in this passage from Luke's Gospel that we've just heard. In that moment when he went up into the mountain with the three disciples, he had that moment where he was being quiet with God. It was that moment, if you like, that he was able to glimpse heaven as well as for the three disciples who were privileged enough to go there and to see that encounter, to see Jesus in a different way. And for them themselves, to hear from God that Jesus was their Father's beloved Son. That chapter in Luke's Gospel where we see that transfiguration on the mountaintop comes after Jesus had been so busy doing. He'd already sent out the disciples. He'd fed 5,000 people. He'd been declared by Peter that he was the Messiah. He predicted his own death, and that's just in those few verses that surround this encounter. And Jesus knew the importance of going to be quiet. Jesus knew He knew what it was to be busy. He knew what it was to be busy encouraging others. He knew what it was to be busy ministering, but he knew what it was to make sure to be quiet, to encounter his God, his Father, as we've been reminded this morning. We often look at the encounter of the transfiguration through the eyes of the disciples, but Just for a moment, let's think about this from Jesus' point of view. Because Jesus knew full well he was coming towards the end of his ministry. He knew he was walking towards the cross. It's a wonder then he needed to go and gain strength from his father. To have that hope that he was walking in his father's pathways and doing his will. 
on that mountaintop. The three disciples were there. He met with Elijah and Moses. For Jesus, it was that moment in time where he was just able to rest and be quiet. We have no idea, do we, about what that conversation took place between Elijah and Moses and Jesus. Maybe they asked Jesus, how was he doing? We don't know. Maybe they were talking about what was to come. But what we do know is in that moment, on the mountaintop, when Jesus heard his father say, this is my son whom I have chosen, listen to him. He was reaffirmed. He was receiving that comfort. He heard the voice of God. And he would have drawn hope from that encounter. Hope in quiet. There are many things that are valuable to us, aren't there, over the course of a year. Maybe for some of us it's having an annual health check or having a regular checkup with our GPs. For others, perhaps it was going on that well-being course earlier in the week, and I know many of you really benefited and valued that time together. For others, it's maybe taking a holiday. For others, it's just carving out and changing our routine just so that we can stop for a moment or two. But all of those things, whether it's our holidays or our pausing or being on a walk, whatever it is, it's about reminding ourselves that it's not about what we do, but about who we are in Christ. Can we be like David was when he wrote in Psalm 18, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. Are you able to claim that yourselves today? Our God is our rock, our fortress, our deliverer. My God is my rock, says David, in whom I take refuge. Maybe you need to be taking refuge today in that quiet and gain hope in the process. David goes on to say, My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Whatever we are facing, whatever we're going through, whoever we are, however we're feeling, we can call out to our God because it's in God in whom we can hope. So how are we? Whatever our answer Let's remember that however we are, or whatever it is that's consuming us or absorbing us, God is bigger and greater than all that we face. We have a reason for our hope, and our hope is in a God who is greater, more mighty, more powerful than anything and anyone. So it's worth being quiet and spending time with him. So H was for how are we? O is for opportunity. I am regularly asked this question, or these two questions each week, and I'm always slightly flawed on how to answer them. You may have noticed this if you've been one of the many people that ask me these questions. One of the questions is, how's your week going? And the second question is, is it a busy one? I think it's that second one I have more of a trouble in answering. I'm slightly flawed because if I feel I need to say, well, yes, it is quite busy, I'm always conscious that the person that may be asking the question may be asking the question because actually they want me to spend time with them. And my simply answering, yes, it's a busy one, is saying to them, I'm too busy for you. And that's the last thing that any of us want. But of course, if we flip that the other way and I say, well, it's not a very busy one at all, oh... Where does that leave me? Am I going to get judged because I'm not having a busy week? I'm not doing enough. I'm not pulling my weight, so to speak. It's a very difficult question to answer. And for you, if you ask me that question, you may see me dodging my way as I try and negotiate the answer to those questions. And of course, ministry can't be measured in the way that many jobs can be. 
you know, if you are uh, producing items, you can measure how busy you are because you can see how many things you've produced. I used to work in a microfilming um, job where I had to photograph through microfilming pieces of paper, one of the many pointless jobs in my life that I have done. And I had to achieve so much in the time that I was there. And if I didn't achieve it, I'd have to stay on until I had achieved it. You can measure it, can't you? But ministry isn't like that. It's so not like that. And I'm sure for many of you, what you do, it can't be quantified, can, you? can it? We live in an unquantifiable, we do an unquantifiable job. But I wonder if what really is behind how we answer that question is, are we so afraid of not being busy, of not being productive, that actually what we end up doing is producing such long lists in order to make us busy, we don't want to face the space that maybe we need in order to cope with our lives. Sometimes we are fearful of stopping, of pausing, of slowing down. And the danger with that is that we miss the opportunity to hear God's voice. Many of us will know the passage from 1 Kings chapter 19 where Elijah has fled after uh, that encounter on Mount Carmel where he'd seen God move mightily and he'd gone afraid and he'd run away from God. And he'd gone and God encountered him. And God could have encountered him during the wind or through the fire or in the earthquake. But no, we know that God encountered him in the quiet. And God too could choose to encounter with us and have those opportunities to meet with us in the busyness and in the craziness of life. But he also wants the opportunity to meet with us in the quiet. When Elijah was asked by God, why was he there? He knew full well it was because Elijah had run away. Because Elijah was afraid of what the future held for him. And sometimes we too can fall into that trap. We can be so busy, it's because we're afraid of stopping. Afraid of the silence. Afraid of the quiet. Because that's when our minds spring into action. And sometimes we're afraid because we don't want God to speak to us. Because it might upset our plans. that particularly resonates with you, I want to say to you, don't, don't allow God, don't not allow God to speak to you because you're afraid he'll upset your plans, because I can tell you this, if God has a plan for you, it's going to be far better than the plan that you have for you in the first place. Don't be afraid to have the opportunity to allow God to speak. Because God's got the best for each one of us. Because we're his children and he cares for us. Maybe if we don't want to stop. If we don't want to pause in the quiet to listen to the opportunity for God to speak. Ask ourselves the question, why? What is it that's stopping us from doing that? What is it that we've shoved into that metaphorical box in our mind and we don't want to lift the lid? And are we really saying that God's not big enough to cope what it is that we're too afraid to deal with? Because I can assure you of this. God is bigger than anything we may have squashed into that metaphorical box and hidden away. Nothing is too scary for God. Nothing is too fearful or mind-blowing that God can't deal with it. But what he needs us to do is to have the, give him the opportunity to allow us to face that with him. Because we will find the hope when we've gone through that journey with him and come out the other side. 
God is our maker and our creator. But he also needs us to be at that point where we are ready to listen to his voice, to begin that work of forgiveness or healing or to deal with those things that maybe are the things that stopping us from being quiet in the first place. He's big enough to deal with our past or our present or even what may be held going on for our future. So let's give God the opportunity to work in our lives in the quiet because I promise you that the glimpse that we'll get of God's power and might in the process will blow our socks off, so to speak. Elijah met with God in the quiet after he'd seen God's power through the earthquake, the wind, and the fire. As the three disciples saw God at work, as in Moses and Elijah met with Jesus on that mountaintop, let us too allow God to minister to us and bring us hope from the place where we may be at this time. How are we? Are we giving God the opportunity to meet with us? P is for pause. As many of you know, and in fact a couple of you have said it about it on the way in this morning, I walk largely when I'm trying to get to somewhere, particularly in this area because I can't drive around this area. And so what I wear on my feet is really, really important. And actually when I'm buying new footwear, it's about comfort and not about fashion. And I hate buying footwear. I find it torturous. And I'm so bothered that when I buy something, it is the right thing. And I often never know until I've gone out and I've done my first walk and I've realized that was a really bad, really bad choice of footwear. And I don't know if, like me, you've kind of come home after you've been wearing a really uncomfortable pair of shoes. And the first thing you do when you get through the door is you take off those uncomfortable shoes and that moment where your feet come out of those shoes and you think, oh, lovely, bliss. They're no longer confined and your feet can breathe. Or maybe, I don't know, another illustration. You've been busy in the garden and your body's aching and you sink into a lovely hot bath. Oh, bliss. Or you've, you're bone weary or whatever it may be and you sit down and just, oh, just pause for that moment. Maybe it was that moment when after lockdown lifted that first time or that second time when you finally got to the hairdressers and they'd finally done something to your hair. And that moment where you think, yes, at last. At that moment, that crucial moment, whatever one of those it might be that you could identify with, it's that moment where you think, oh, that pause, if you like, where you've gone from one thing into another. That stopping, that change. It may only last for a few moments or a few seconds or a few minutes, but that moment where you've just paused or something has changed. When Jesus said to his disciples, peace I leave with you, my perfect peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do not be afraid. Jesus was saying to his disciples and to us, don't allow yourselves to be so agitated, so disturbed, that you won't allow me to come in and to give you my peace. Don't be so preoccupied that you don't pause. Don't allow yourselves to be so fearful or intimidated or cowardly or unsettled. But Jesus was saying in chapter 14 of John, I want to give you my peace. And when we pause so often, that is exactly what he's doing. He's coming in and filling us and just allowing us just to be. And Caroline read that very familiar passage about the Ten Commandments. Did you notice that the passage that 
particularly had a few extra verses about it, was when she was talking about remembering to keep the Sabbath day. In those few verses, in verses 8 to 11, when it talked about the Sabbath day, we were reminded of God who created the heavens and the earth in the sixth day and how he rested on the seventh. And we too need to pause to go from the bustle and the busyness to the pause and into the presence of God. God who made the heavens and the earth knows about you and me as well as this world in which he created you remember the photo challenges that many of us enjoyed doing last year? And if you remember, we did four during Advent on the themes of love, joy, peace, and hope. Well, I went back to them a couple of weeks ago just to see what you'd chosen for hope, our subject today. And I was surprised just how many of you had sent in photos where the theme of hope related to creation. God created our world. But on the seventh day, he rested. Maybe. As you went on the well-being walk earlier in the week or in this coming week, you can find that reminder of hope that comes from God as maybe you sit in your gardens or out or wherever it may be and find hope and quiet and allow yourselves to pause. How are we? Are we giving God opportunities? Will we find time to pause? Because the E is for energize. Because when Jesus had come down from that mountaintop experience where he'd been transfigured after meeting with Moses and Elijah and after hearing the voice of God, his father talking about how loved he was, he was energized for what was next to come. And let's face it, what was next to come for him in the coming weeks was not good. But that encounter left him energized. Ian and I love to walk along the coast, possibly because we were born in Torquay by the seaside. We love to be by the coast. And we take many opportunities to go and just walk along the coast. We walk along a river or a canal, but it's the coast that really does it for us. And uh, one of our regular walks that we do involves us walking along the, the beach or along the, the cliff path uh, or along the promenade at the bottom. And just before we climb back up the hill, there's some seats. And we sit down. Not really because we need some energy to get up the hill, but we just sit down and allow all that we can see in front of us. And allow it to bathe us. Sometimes we just sit and just watch what's going on. Sometimes we're buffeted by the wind and even by the rain. Yes, sometimes we'll sit in the rain. Sometimes we just look at the glorious sunshine glinting off the sea. And we look out over the horizon. Or we allow the rhythm of the tide as it's coming in or going out just to come and soothe our souls and minister to us. And whether we sit there for a few minutes or for half an hour, whatever it is, when we stand up, that moment of having allowed just God's creation and, and the horizon just to soothe us and refresh us, we are ready not only to walk back up the hill, and carry on with our day, but just knowing that we have just been reminded. We look at a horizon and realize the world goes on and God is so much bigger. God's beauty can refresh us and energize us and, and minister to us in a way that so many other things can and do, but that is a particular special one for us. And we miss it when we can't get to the seaside and I wonder for each one of you where do you go 
for your quiet. You don't have to go all the way to the seaside. I can find it as I walk around the pond or around the lake up in Rayfalls or in my garden. But it's where are we, where we're quiet, and we're able just to allow God to minister to us through whatever it is that we may be doing or resting in as we pause and give God the opportunity to speak to us as we address that question, how are we? How willing are we to find hope in that place of quiet? Because we will be the beneficiaries and we will find our hope resting in our God who is the creator of heaven and earth, who's the biggest God of all, who's the God of all that we can understand and all that we can't. And when we have that moment, our hope will be renewed, as it reminds us in Psalm 62, find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. It is in God. We can find our hope. But we sometimes need to be quiet in order to allow God to speak to us. And so what I want us to do is just to be quiet and to stay still, whether you're at home or you're in the building. And we're going to have the soundtrack of be still and know that I am God just play and I just invite you just to sit if you're not going to find any other time today allow this to be that moment of quiet as we listen to this song thank you Father in this day in the days ahead Lord help us to find you in the quiet Help us to remind ourselves of the hope that we can have in you. Help us to find rest in you alone. Because our hope comes from you. We thank you that you are our rock and our salvation. We thank you that you are our fortress and that in you we can be secure. Help us not to have our faith shaken or not to think that things are too big for you because you are the incomparable, almighty, heavenly, loving God. Father God, as we think about hope in quiet, we pray that you will continue to speak to us and we will give you opportunities in the coming days to do that when we pause so that we know that we can continue in our journey with you. Bless us, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm hoping that uh, any moment now, the youngsters are going to come through because um, they are going to uh, share something that they have been doing in Creative Church this morning. Perfect. Thank you very much. So what they were challenged to do, I know they've been up to various different things, but what they've been challenged to do is to write a prayer because today, of course, is Father's Day. And so in a moment, they are going to share the prayer with us. We just need to wait for them to come on in. It's lovely to see so many of you. Keep spacing around. You can go behind the table or in front, whichever is easiest. Okay, thank you, Alison. Okay, let us, let us pray. Dear Father God, thank you that my dad works hard as a policeman. Thank you, my dad jokes me. Thank you that I love my dad. Thank you that I play with him. Thank you that he plays with me. Thank you that he makes me laugh. Thank you that he plays with me. Thank you that he makes me funny. 
Thank you that my dad plays with me. Thank you that my dad shares his sweets with me. <laughs> Thank you that my dad makes me laugh. Thank you that my granddad spends time with me. Thank you, Dad, that he lets me play on his computer. Thank you, Dad, that he takes me to school. Amen. To each one of you, to each one of us, as we were reminded earlier, you can wander off, you can stay there, it's entirely up to you. Thank the Lord, thank our Heavenly Father that He is our Father and He loves us. And we're going to be reminded of our, our love for God and that we can hope in Him as we sing our last song, My Hope is Built in Nothing Less. So our time has come to an end, but we come before our God in whom we have that hope, in whom we have that certainty. That no matter what is around, we can trust our God. We thank you, Father God. And Lord, may we hold on to that promise this week. However we are feeling, whatever opportunities may present themselves to us, Lord, may we listen out for your voice in the peace and the quiet and the pause so we are energized and can hold on to that hope for the rest of our day, the rest of our week the rest of our lives. For that, we thank you. Amen. May God bless you in whatever your week has held. Thank you for joining with us here in the building and online. And uh, may you have a good rest of your day. Amen. <laughs>